This is an ABC podcast. This is the problem. Take a pair of scales of the old-fashioned into one G'day, Dr. Carl here. Now, drawing upon decades of experience, I've come to the irrefutable conclusion that you know the parties are rocking when the helium balloons are popping, dudes. And being the cool cat that I am, I also know the best way to celebrate a rockin' party is to turn the next morning's clean-up into a science experiment, yes. So if you're as hip as me, you might have found yourself eagerly sorting the popped party balloons one Sunday morning into two groups, two, with two quite distinct patterns. Some that have shredded into dozens of tiny slivers, and the rest that have broken into just a few fragments. What gives? Well, of course, all post-party science experiments start with a bit of history and theory. The history of the rubber balloon stretches back to 1824, when it was invented by Michael Faraday. He was doing experiments with various gases, and his balloons made ideal storage containers. Before then, though, balloons had also been made from other natural materials, such as the dried bladder of a pig or a cow, or from cloth, as in the first hot air balloons in France in the late 1700s. The useful thing about balloons is their low cost and low density. So, besides parties, balloons are used in meteorology to take measurements at various altitudes, and medicine where they can stop bleeding or force blocked blood vessels open. They're also used in military applications and in transport. They can even do astronomy by lifting your telescope above most of the atmosphere to around 100,000 feet or 30 kilometres. It's a cheaper and faster way to get the latest technology up into the sky as compared to rocket launches. But the downside is that these telescopes can stay up there for only a day or so. I've actually been to the balloon launch of a telescope. The balloon is filled with truckloads, literally truckloads of helium, and as it floated into the atmosphere, it expanded to the size of a football field. These balloons are thinner than cling wrap. So before takeoff, the team had to be very careful not to let it touch the grass and puncture. And luckily, there were no partygoers around rocking and popping. Okay. Now that's a history, and so now for some poppin' theory to explain your different sets of balloon fragments. We've all seen what happens if you stab a hole into an inflated balloon. There's a pop as the air escapes, and the stretched rubber shrivels, and sometimes breaks apart. And that's because the rubber has quickly gone from being under high stress, to having all that stress suddenly relieved. And the number of balloon pieces you end up with depends on how much stress there is inside the rubber wall. Now, this stress comes from the air pressure inside the balloon. The higher the air pressure, the higher the stress in the rubber. So, let's have a look at a couple of examples. Suppose that the balloon is only moderately inflated and then pricked. The stress in the rubber is low because it was only partly inflated. In this situation, a single crack will start at the hole and then race around the balloon. This single crack is enough to relieve the stress. And the balloon, 
Well, it usually splits into just two fragments, explaining those larger chunks of rubber that you found after the party. But if the balloon is stretched very thin, with lots of gas inside, and then pricked with a pin, the result is very different. Starting from the puncture point, a bunch of cracks expand outwards, in every direction, like the spokes on a bicycle wheel. These cracks split into more cracks as they spread outward. Using high-speed photography, the French scientists who did this research saw that the cracks ended up looking like a bunch of branches. In general, the cracks seemed to be all separated by roughly the same distance, so they ended up looking a little like a human rib cage. And the result of more cracking during a balloon's pop was more fragments. In fact, the researchers got a maximum number of 67 pieces from a fully inflated balloon. And why do the extra cracks appear in a more highly inflated balloon? Well, the higher the stress in the rubber, the more stress that you have to get rid of. But the rubber can't tear any faster along the first original tear line, so the solution is for the crack to split into more cracks, which then split into even more cracks. By vastly increasing the number of cracks, the stress on the rubber is relieved faster, and the air inside can gush out. So next time you're trying to impress someone at the after-party balloon cleanup, well, feel free to crack out this fine story for them. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.